19% of the total project cost was related to, was from rework. And so then we asked GCs and, and, sub, and especially trade contractors um, about that. And they said that only about 30% of that is recoverable, which means that they're absorbing 70% of that, which is like real money, you know? And so I think, you know, we're on a mission to help change that. Welcome to Disjointed. Our podcast mission is to bring a voice to the problems facing decision-making in the built environment. Today, communication and processes are disjointed in the world of design and construction. Work happens across tools, teams, and timelines, making it hard to keep everyone connected. It's a constant challenge to reduce friction and meet project expectations. We believe there's a better way. Well, hello, Christy McKnight. I'm excited to sit down with you. For everybody tuning in, I have Christy McKnight with me this morning, VP of Product for Pre-Construction from Procore. So say hello, Christy. Introduce yourself. Hello there. I'm so excited to be here. I am. I listen to uh, to your podcast. I, I, you know, I live in Orange County and drive up to our CARP office. And um, I always listen to your podcast on the way up and back. So as I'm learning a lot about the construction industry, so I'm super excited to be talking to you in person. Ah, it's, it's awesome. I, I was listening to an Adam Grant podcast this week, and he was talking about the difference in mediums and how podcasting is like you're literally in the car with the drive or you're in their ear. Like it's this almost like an intimate setting that people get to know you differently on. So uh, that's been hitting me over the break. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I am excited to have you. And as you know, on Disjointed, we're really all about the problems. And it's it's really nice to have you from Procore come in. You know, you're focused on pre-construction at Procore. So tell everybody a little bit about what your job is so that it can set the kind of set the playing field for today. Yeah, so I manage um, product management. So it's really defining, you know, what our product actually is and so what we're actually taking to market uh, for our pre-construction division, which is relatively new for Procore. We started started at it a couple of years ago. And the way we look at pre-construction right now, just from a, a tool perspective, if you will, is like bidding, estimating, uh, BIM, and kind of our fundamental document system. So all of the stuff that goes on that's, um, you know, not not necessarily course of construction. Yeah, all that stuff that we need ahead of time to get in the ground, um, kind of starting to look at at where to organize things, where to put things, how to win jobs, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And it, to me, it's a unique position because product management, when you hear it, I don't think people that are in the construction industry necessarily look at it the way I do, but given the background, your whole job is putting yourself in the shoes of the users, knowing who they are and knowing their struggles. So I'm wondering, 2022 was interesting. What might have been some of those, you know, core struggles and surprises that you saw? Yeah, yeah. It's been really fun. So um, I'm relatively new to construction. So I've been with Procore for a couple of years now. And so I, you know, I learn by... Um, understanding how things work. So I spent a lot of time on job sites, which is so fascinating. I think the complexity of the process, um, I mean, it's, it's like obvious to you maybe, but like the passion and just the knowledge of the folks on the ground and just, and the intelligence that's required to complete these projects has been really amazing for me. Um, I'm sure that sounds dumb for you, but for like a newbie, relative newbie for me, it's pretty cool because my background is in software. And so I'm bringing sort of what I've learned in other industries to um, 
some of the problems that we're finding in in pre-con. I'd say one of the things, I mean, there's so many things that are interesting for me in 2022, but one of them um, is that, you know, we've really known from industry and everybody talks about the importance of pre-con, but we didn't really have a lot of data to support like what the biggest problems are for for customers and for companies in pre-con. And so we know that, you know, the process is changing from a linear one to one that's more fluid and it's kind of the last really great frontier for controlling projects in a predictable way. Um, So we partnered with um, FMI to do this survey that you may have heard about, about the global state of pre-construction. And so we surveyed about a thousand global companies um, about their pre-con processes. And um, a couple of things that were were interesting that we found, the first was that the priorities for for most folks are project execution is first and then pre-con. So pre-con was the second and then financial management, workforce management and closeout. So that part wasn't like super surprising. Um, But what was interesting for me is that owners told us that like 19% of the total project cost was from rework. And so then we asked GCs and and especially trade contractors um, about that. And they said that only about 30% of that is recoverable, which means that they're absorbing 70% of that, which is like real money, you know? And so I think, you know, we're on a mission to help change that. You did a great rundown there. Uh, first and foremost, I'm surprised every day, every week that I'm out on the road with the intelligence and and just the industry as a whole. Just the fact that it even runs when you when you start to describe to somebody what it takes to run a job, and you think you know owners, owners reps, then general contractors. Sometimes you have CMs, then you have trade contractors. I'm always amazed. And then I'm always amazed at the skills that they have. So I, I don't stop being amazed. I don't think you will either, especially if you continue to get on those job sites over time. I did read that FMI study and I thought it was really interesting because it called out a couple of things. I can't say I was surprised that execution was ahead of pre-construction, but it didn't make any sense to me because I'm like a well-laid plan will support execution being more predictable, more, uh, you know, you could, more cost-effective. You, it's, it's where you eliminate rework, like virtually building ahead of time and virtually making decisions ahead of time can help you look down the road. So that to me was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, it also also sort of not surprising was that there weren't that many companies who felt like they were doing pre-con really well. So it's, it's really an opportunity, I think, for companies like you guys and for us to really make, um, make some improvements there. So I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, when I think about, um, you know, one of the ways we think about pre-con is like, I'm just, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, the project team isn't like handed a bag of crap. I'll just say crap you know, <laughs> when, when, uh, at handoff. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to, to make that much more efficient and predictable. And I think you, we agree with you here. And so at join, we're in that same area, like we're particularly focused on pre-construction. We were really interested and I was interested at groundbreak hearing where you guys are, because there is these fundamentals that you can never get away from fundamentals. And those are your bidding, your estimating, your document management, your BIM. Those things are truly fundamental and foundational. 
the problem is you, you mentioned it. Work is starting to change. It's not this linear process anymore. Everything's in a different stage. And that's where join, we think we fit in really well with you guys. We mm-hmm. think you guys do the blocking and the tackling and those fundamentals that really are like, Hey, job's ready for execution. I don't know where everything is here and you run away. It's like, Oh no, it's all right here. And for us, it's really a focus on the decisions throughout that process. Like we're looking at those documents. We're looking at those estimates. We're looking at those models and helping drive decisions because like you said, they're all 30% of reworks, not recoverable. What if we can stop that ahead of time, make a better decision and at least have that track so that we know where we're headed? Those are the kind of things we're focused on. So that's why I like the two of us coming together and having the conversation around it. Yeah, no, it's great. I think we're all we're definitely um, there's a lot of opportunity for us to be complimentary for sure. It's the great frontier. Like you said, there's, you know, Procore's got an entire um, marketplace of different software that helps them out. We're a part of that world. Like there's no one ring to rule them all, especially given so many moving parts and pieces. You guys have to focus on what you have to focus on and we have to focus on what we have to focus on. So we've talked a little bit about the different ways that pre-construction is changing and adapting. And the industry is not only, you know, changing its linear delivery, but there we're also seeing a number of other new pressures. You know, people hate it and they quiver when I say quiet quitting, the rise of remote work, and really I'm seeing a huge talent war in construction. So I'm just wondering, you know, what your perspective on it is, is, and maybe some of the things you saw in 2022 around that. Yeah, I think what we're seeing also from from customers is that there is the talent is in some cases they're either disengaging or they're leaving or aging out. And so we we look at that and say, well, gosh, we got to get this information out of their heads and like into a system somewhere that where it can be leveraged later. Um, like I was on I was on site with a customer and um, recently and there was this guy who, you know, older guy and he had the whole schedule for concrete on this whiteboard right outside the trailer. And, you know, the sources and the delivery dates and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, don't. I was like, Christy, like, don't, don't bump up against that whiteboard. <laughs> That's going to be a really bad mistake. <laughs> I was like, I kept worrying about like, I was going to rub up against it and like never be invited back again. But I think, you know, we look at stuff like that just as software people and say, wow, you know, um, we sure could make that better. And and quite frankly, for that guy, you know, it works and, and he's got it and he, you wouldn't, and you wouldn't be able to probably digitize him ever because he's just got it all and it works. But for the next guy who comes along who maybe needs to learn more about that, um, you know, we might be able to make that so that, you know, you don't have to worry about some software Yahoo rubbing up against the, you know, whiteboard. Yeah, that is always one of those things where, like, whenever I walk into a room or a trailer and on the whiteboard it says, do not erase... (laughs) I almost have to stop myself consistently (laughs) from wanting to erase it or like, then you get too close and you're like, oh no. Oh Oh, no, 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 no. stay away. Yeah, that's how I felt. So I was having a conversation and you'll get a kick out of this. You know that there's concrete trucks in Chicago that drive around in the morning and don't actually know where they're going to go and they get called to places. Yeah, I had a discussion with a person that said, you want to hear the crazy of crazy. 
this is how much construction and how little we know that they leave the, and that concrete can only stay in there for a certain period of time. So just think about that for a second. And, and you're right. The democratization is what we call it of that information in their heads. We have to unlock it. We have, uh, an aging out group workforce that there was a big gap between the new workforce that's coming in. I think we're doing better with engaging the new workforce, Mm -hmm. but Man, how how do you even start to think about getting some of that information out of their heads and and democratizing it, getting it to others? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. You know, we we um I saw a data point the other day that there are like seven three hundred and seventy five thousand unfilled jobs right now in construction. I mean, um, and so all the folks who come in and fill those jobs, you know, are gonna need to be able to have access to all the historical information. So Part of also what we're trying to do is to get as much as we can get the the data into you know a platform like Procore or, or Rejoin, so that it's there to um, be able to be used to inform future projects. So um, a lot of that is just you know getting folks like the guy with the schedule on the board to or somebody coming behind them to get everything into the system. Yeah, somebody getting that or capturing that some sort of digital way. Um, and, and memorializing it. And I think it's a, um, I've always been around. Okay. Well, everybody who's listening that's heard me before knows that I hate the single source of truth thing, right? Cause yeah, you can't tell I've somebody some their, of your podcast about that. <laughs> you can't tell somebody their source of truth. Right. And so, but for me, it's having data relatively available so you can get it to understand. So if I'm going into your document management, if I'm going into the model, I might not know why a change was made. I can see the change, but why was it made? And that's where a complementary system like Join can give you the why behind, hey, how did we get here? Because a lot of the rework that we experience has to do with making a decision in that pre-construction phase and then having that execution team do something different than we expected. So for me, this is all, where do I go get my why and where do I go get my what? And then how am I going to move forward with that? That's, you know, for me, that's really how we're dealing with some of this. I'm interested too, um, when you talk about the rise of remote work, I know we've all seen this. How has that impacted some of the tools? I I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. It was like, man, I would love to see a lot of those folks aging out, you know, not have to go to the job site all the time and be able to actually use some of these tools to spread that knowledge. So I'm wondering how over the last year, maybe you guys have have implemented or thought about that. Yeah, I'd say probably the one area that we've really focused on there is, I mean, we're a cloud-based, you know, product, obviously, so you can access it, you know, anywhere, you know, wherever you happen to be. Um, But I would say, you know, we've also really focused and kind of doubled down on mobile in the last year and that's really, you know, part of that is to support the field, obviously, but this also allows people to really access all the information wherever they happen to be, whether they're home on the road or what have you. I mean, we're hearing, you know, we even had a customer who told us that because of sort of the way that you, we can work with mobile and um, Procore, that they have talent who wants to come work for them because um, it's easier than like working for somebody who's got, you know, tens of thousands of sheets of paper that they're using on the site. And so I think that um, that sort of contributes to, you know, helping with the talent wars and also, you know, making it more efficient for, for folks wherever they happen to be. Yeah. That focus on mobile, just being able to access it, know that you can be somewhere. And 
I've said this over and over on stage. It's like, it's great to show the future construction worker with an XR10 on their head and, and, you know, an iPad and a laptop and a phone, but 90% of the time we get them on the site and we're like, okay, here's your clipboard and there's the big rolls of paper. And I'm like, and real quickly they call us out on, on, Hey, this might not be what you sold me. So it's great to see those parts and pieces for what you guys are doing come together Especially because, man, how much time do we waste driving places and not driving to the place that needed us the most? Right. You know? Yeah. We'll never get away from superintendents, foremen, and even project managers going on job sites. You're going on job sites. I don't want to get away from that. I just want them going to the job site that needs the most at the, t- at the right time. And, you know, that's what that mobility piece really, really provides. And yeah, the rise of cloud is awesome, but, you know, we're also seeing, you know, I still go to trailers and they're, they're decked out and have internet and that's where everybody fires up, which is okay too. I mean, I don't want to get away from that camaraderie, you know, the group working together and the group mentality. Again, it's just, you know, right place, right time, right people, from my opinion, that, that really drives that. Yeah, Um, definitely. I want to pivot you into a little bit of understanding of, of, you know, Procore is, has a big marketplace. You've done a lot this year along the way, not only for, you know, Procore has a huge culture academy, comes out every year as being one of the greatest places to work. You've started up and run, been running with Procore.org, which has done a ton of great work for mental health. It's done work for historically black colleges. It's done work for, um, a number of other initiatives. And then the Founders Forum, which if nobody's watching on LinkedIn, you, I, I don't know how you can miss this. But <laughs> it's everywhere, yeah. It's everywhere. And the faces are the leaders. It's the yeah. future leaders of the industry. You know, our CEO, Andrew Zakoski was there, but you have Josh Levy from mm-hmm. Document Crunch there. And you have um, God or from Structure there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the numbers to just keep going, the people. Why does Procore invest in all of those things? Why is that important to you all as an organization? Yeah, you know, I think it's because, I mean, Procore is very deliberate about the mission of the company. And I mean, literally, like we start, you know, all of our you know big meetings with, you know, the mission is to improve the lives of everyone in construction and then to connect everyone in construction on a global platform. So those two things are really, really ingrained in everything that we do as a company. Um, it's been really interesting. And I know it's been that way, you know, for a long time. But I'd say part of that, part of what you're seeing with Culture Academy and so forth is that the company really believes that, you know, I mean, I think you've said it too before, you know, culture each strategy for breakfast. And, you know, Procore really was built by listening to expert knowledge of the community and believes that it's really our responsibility to give back to the industry, right? Because Procore has become very successful as a result. And um, we really want to give back to um, companies that are, you know, up and coming. And also, um, you know, also we also acknowledge that we're not going to develop every, everything to solve every single problem in construction, right? So part of that is having an ecosystem and having partners and having the marketplace. And so we want to make sure that we're being a good partner and that, um, you know, we're helping those companies that, you know, just like you guys that we're working together with. It was really funny because when it first came out, people were like, oh, well, that's, you know, I think they're probably thinking about acquiring them. And we were joking about this beforehand. I'm like, 
Wait a minute. If you look at the number of that, that is a cake no one can eat. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's a team on the planet, nor do they want to. I mean, like that that's indigestion coming. So, but but I think it's a unique piece how much you guys start with the values that have driven the organization. We've seen in the industry out of this new pre-construction, you're seeing target value delivery. You're literally talking about one of the tenants of target value delivery. That's walk into the room as a product manager, as a software developer, as a customer support representative and saying, take off your hat. Let's put on the hat of the construction industry as a whole. And let's make sure that decisions we're making are there to improve their lives. Yes, there are other things we need to do. And that's what TVD is about. It's not just about, hey, let's just kumbaya for the world. We need to build a building. We each need to make money as an organization. But we have to make sure that our value and what we do and what we decide is pulling us in that direction. I think it's a really unique perspective for you guys as an organization to have. And then to really bring in those minds and learn from them and teach them, you know, from my perspective, you guys are teaching the future leaders that all the people on the tech side that I work with and in the construction side are going to be working with. And that is really fulfilling that goal. Like that's pushing out what they've learned from how you guys do the culture Academy, how you approach uh, work-life balance, et cetera. So it's ecstatic. I'm ecstatic to see it. And I'm, and it's cool to see the two worlds kind of crashing together. I've always said technology and construction, they're, they're almost the same, except, well, technology doesn't have gravity to worry about, you know, yeah, among other things, among other things. But, you know, I'd also say kudos to the leaders of those companies too, for being open to, you know, join in an event like that and wanting to learn and wanting to you know, hear about, you know, things that they might leverage that, you know, we learned along the way. So I think that it's a really, really nice combination. Yeah. And I see them each. I mean, I, I can remember Clifton Harness recently posting his picture with all of them. And I think about, you know, how TestFit and what they're doing is is changing the world. And, you know, Franco from Pro Planner and and him. And then, you know, you guys even focusing on some of those folks at Groundbreak. Um, kudos to Groundbreak this year. Oh, it was so good. Awesome time. I mean, I know it was probably um, a little bit worrisome at the beginning of last year, not knowing what, you know, the COVID world was going to leave us with, but um, kudos to the team. They did a great job, honestly. Like we, you know, last year was my first groundbreak. It was virtual. So we did, you know, all the recording in the studio. And, um, and then, so this was my first one and man, it was an amazing event, I have to say. So from a product standpoint, you know, we had an innovation lab, so we had a whole pre-con area and customers came in and we had each product line set up and we let them vote on sort of direction. You know, we were thinking about this. What do you, you know, how would you rate that? You know, and so we got a really great um, view from a lot of people just in one spot um, to get a perspective on our roadmap and where we were heading, if it made sense and um, just yeah, we were overrun. I mean, I would say next year we'll need we'll need more people there, you know, because we had more people, more pro core people, because we had uh, so many great conversations, and um, I just thought it was a top notch event. I've been to a lot of customer conferences in my day at different companies, and I thought it was just great. Team did a great job. Yeah, I, the interaction at the show was really really good, and you know, we had a nice vantage point where we were standing, and I could see 
the different stations where people were. Then I could see those rooms where you guys were doing that and whiteboarding sessions. So kudos to everybody on, on that. I'm wondering from that, like what's coming out in 2023, we know, you know, it was it, you know, the changes in material pricing last year. And yes, we're, we're looking down the barrel of a possible economic issues coming up, depending on who you listen to. It's like listening to the weather. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that man. Okay. But what are some of the things that you guys are focused on in the 2023 that maybe people listening can start to, to think about as you get ready? Yeah. So I think, you know, for, you know, we're a couple of years now into um, executing against a connected product strategy, which I think you've probably heard about. And so we're really focused on um, connecting all the people in construction, the data in construction, as we mentioned, um, and workflows. And so, you know, to do that, we're um, building kind of a unified experience, if you will, for like pre-con, workforce management, financials, and course of construction. And so um, doing all that also within the context of the Procore Construction Network, which I think you've also heard about. Um, and so I'd say those are the big areas of focus for us. Um, you probably heard, uh, I think at Groundbreak, we talked also about going into the payments area. So you'll you know hear some, some about that. But within pre-con, we're really focused on connecting the whole pre-construction experience and then driving that into course of construction and into financials. For me, that's the core moving forward because pre-construction has been this completely disjointed, to use the show's name. <laughs> no, I love the name of the podcast because we hear that all the time from our customers, like all these silos. Yeah. Oh, the story is, I mean, that, that was in our research and in my research, that word just kept coming up and it just keeps making sense is that, you know, pre-construction is disjointed from construction and it's going to take fundamentals being connected. And then groups like us who want to connect, you know, the decisions over top to come together. I think it's going to take all of us moving that forward. Couple of things. I had Julian Clayton on earlier in the year. And when it comes to Procore and data, he really opened my eyes and I've been pushing this on the data front along the way is that like the quality of the data that you have, you can try all you want to programmatically fix it. But if the people in the field really don't understand how it drives or why they want to do it, you're never going to get it. And if you only get pockets, it doesn't tell you the full story. So watching that connected platform that you guys are working for and then looking at the new mobile enhancements to me it's a it's it's really going to raise up the quality of the data and if we raise the quality of the data then we can really make and take good action um you know on the payment side of things for next year like if anybody's listening in I'm looking forward into next year we don't know what our material supply chain issues are going to are going to look like I'm watching what's happening in uh, China right now. And and you can say what you want to say, but their move from zero COVID to allowing COVID to hit, that could have a tremendous impact. Am I going to right or wrong? I'm predicting. So who knows? But those are the areas that, that things like payments um, can, can look forward to. Is there ways that pre-construction can look into that lens of next year and really learn some things or be tactical? Our goal is to be able to use historical data to inform, you know, projects that are being currently planned, right? So that's really what we're 
the the end state is that we're going for. So I'd say that you'll see us really start to make sure that we're collecting the data from the field and also leveraging, you know, everything from the initial estimate, you know, all the way through to close out. And so then the next time you'll be able to, you know, use all that um, to have a better, better shot at getting an accurate plan. Well, yeah, if you can connect all that estimation data, if you can connect the the models from early on, the documents, and then all of that fantastic information that we get during construction and then really look at closeout and financials in the end, now you can drive and start to predict some of or at least inform some of the decisions you make down the road. And it really is about informing those decisions and, you know, driving a better outcome for jobs, especially you know, if, if I'm looking forward to 2023, for me, it's about shovels in the ground. In the United States, we rarely, once we have shovels in the ground and we have some some foundations down, we don't usually stop. And um, to me, that's what construction is really going to have to look at is, is how do we get those shovels in the grounds faster? How do we produce more predictable outcomes for our owners um, so they can have confidence and keep building, right? If they keep building, then you and I get to sit here and have these conversations or build great tools and have a lot of fun, right? Yeah, I think, you know, right now, a lot of the conversation is around efficiency, which is, is is straight up, right? And that's right on for where we are right now. But I think a lot of the things that are going to be done and gained in the interest of efficiency, you know, once things settle down are really going to take off and I think transform some of these businesses. But I think it's starting from a from the angle of efficiency and predictability and trying to make sure that these businesses are protected in the face of potential, you know, downturn. Yeah. The efficiency is that low hanging fruit we've all been chasing, but I think it's just the beginning. Yeah. You know, sure. there is so much. If you can talk about eliminating that rework, there's another huge pocket of money. If you can actually talk about flow and uh, efficient schedules and efficiently building, that's another huge, you know, time is money and, you know, time and materials are our two biggest costs. And if we can, you know, really be efficient with that time, again, more money in the pocket. Efficiencies is where it starts, but flow and the other things we can do uh, can really make a, a, you know, help a business in 2023. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed sitting down with you. I, I, it's a pleasure to get to know people and it's, you know, this is a great medium for me to get to know people. Um, I want to give you a chance, let people know where they can connect with you Yeah, and uh, maybe some of the things you're up to for next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best way, you know, reach out. Um, I'm happy and always interested in talking about construction or technology or both. Um, you know, and, uh, I would say 2023, you'll see, you'll see me doing a lot of, uh, execution against the roadmap for, for Procore. And, you know, honestly, and one other thing that was really fun that we just did was a hackathon, um, at the company and like had 80 projects, people, teams got together and did 80 projects, some really cool stuff coming out of those. So you might see us working on some of those also. Hey, I love those. We did that at join here at the end of the year. It's, I yeah. think it's a common custom in, in software dev worlds to take like, a week or two and just have a hackathon and let, uh, let people think. And so everybody listening that doesn't know our world, when you hear <laughs> hack, unfortunately, if you're watching the news, you're thinking a different way. A hackathon is where teams get together and are allowed, usually multidisciplinary teams are allowed to just 
take ideas and try to build solutions. And the word hack comes from hacking it together. Like they don't create and aren't forced to create a production level product. They're just creating a, you know, it's not even a minimum viable product, right? It's just like a skeleton of what maybe we could do. So we're not trying to hack Procore or join. Oh, good. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> you know, and, and what's really fun about it also, and I'm sure it's the same way at join, but, you know, Procore has so many people at the company who are from industry. So, you know, it's not just a bunch of technicians, you know, doing these, these initiatives, but it's also, you know, folks who are really steeped in industry and knowledge. And um, so that makes a, for a really cool, um, rounded, you know, team to work on these things. Yeah, I noticed that in your uh, in your customer support when I was there. I met one of the individuals came up, total construction background. He's like, I actually had to learn the tech side of things. Yeah, and, uh, and I we have that here at Join as well. I think a healthy mix of both is what really informs, and it also creates a mobility of people moving around from, you know, industry to technology and technology back to industry. Um, you want to know how to be really good at software? Well, learn how it was built and then you can be one of the best users and stewards of, of the process or vice versa. If you think the, the software needs a kick in the pants, well, come on over and show us how to kick it in the pants. So, uh, it's a unique blend. I think that actually, you'll see me cover that a little teaser. You'll see me cover that in 2023 because I think there's a negative connotation to that where I see it as a natural progression and growth hmm. of our industry as we innovate and become technologically enabled. There you go. I like it. Well, with that, Christy, I want to thank you for sitting down with me today. Um, and I look forward to sitting down with you in 2023 and learning more. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was great having you. So I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Disjointed. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about Disjointed or read the show notes, just stop by disjointed.fm. This show is brought to you by Join, the decision-making platform for the built environment. Learn more at join.build.